anytime you turn down somebody that you could do business with, you're really just leaving a door open for the right person to come along. And when you look at business in life that way, it changes everything. gotta admit I've, I'm on my like second or third time trying to introduce this this guest today uh, and how we ought to think about this episode because there's so much packed in here and there's so much backstory in my head about it but I'm gonna save you the the backstory because I, I, what I've discovered my third or fourth time recording this introduction that the backstory might complicate it know this my guest is JV Crum the third he is a business coach that's been at it for quite a while he's quite good has really clear strong opinions on what works and what doesn't and for good reason because he's been incredibly successful at what he's doing even we even get into how he's developing his business in a way that he could potentially sell it in the future and I think that's interesting for those of you that are are, are maybe building your own business but if you're a, a team leader or you have a small company or even a large company a large division in a big company you're going to gain incredible amount of value about hey how we ought to go about increasing our levels of awareness in, in what JV calls three key areas so we could commit to our areas of success. And and, and look, not in a glib kind of placard type way that you post up on the wall, but in a very specific, what, am, what actions, specific detailed actions am I going to commit to that will actually make change, that will help me scale, that will help me improve what I'm doing and do it in a greater uh, level of capacity. So there's all of that. All of it is packed into this episode. So please let me know if you've gained value. Share it as I've always asked you to do because I, I want to get, you know, I, I love these conversations and I know they help me. So if they help me, I figure they'll help others. So if, if they helped you at all, if you've gained at least one little bit of value here, share it because whoever you share it with, and, and JV even says in the beginning, there's no coincidences here. You're here for a reason today. Something in here is, is specifically for you. And I like that he says that. So let's go ahead and get into this interview with JV Crum third. My guest today is a best-selling author. He's a keynote speaker, certified business coach, licensed attorney. He writes for Huffington Post. He's also the host of the very popular Conscious Millionaire podcast and, oh, by the way, the founder and CEO of the company that bears the same name, the Conscious Millionaire Institute, which is an entrepreneur business coaching and training business. He devotes himself to helping others find their dream by growing a business that combines making profits with creating an important difference for their customers and, indeed, the world. His goal is simple, help you to create a business that affords you the financial freedom and a life that provides you the deep fulfillment that you are seeking. He is J.V. Crum III, and I am very happy that he set aside time today to be with me on Leading Matters. J.V., welcome to the show. Joel, thank you so much for having me. And I just want to say hello to everybody who's listening today. I'll tell you my philosophy because I have a podcast is that you're here because you belong here. There's no accidents. And whatever we're discussing, it's going to be relevant and hopefully important for you. I love that. I love that. I've heard you say that before when I was kind of preparing for today's show, JV. And I want to start right there, right? Because you are obviously a quite successful uh, coach and, and, and trainer. You know, you've, you've made some significant impact for your clients. And before we hit record here, I was explaining to you that I was I knew coaching existed, but I didn't understand the nature of personal coaching and things like that and how big that industry has gotten over the past five years. And, and some estimates 
report that it's going to be over $2 billion in 2017. And again, I didn't really know much about it, so I was stunned that it was that big and that it's growing so quickly. But again, you've been training and coaching, guiding business leaders for some time. You're certified. You have degrees in psychology as well as an MBA. So from that context, I really have to ask you, what do you make of this this wave of, of coaching revenue that's happening right now? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? What should we be aware of if we're in that marketplace and we think coaching can help us? Yeah, you know, I almost want to start with the criteria that I've utilized because even before Jay Leonard, uh, who passed away, really started uh, coaching, the whole concept of coaching. Um, and when I started out uh, looking, I, I think the first place was in NLP when I was doing NLP training. And that was uh, the late 80s, early 90s. So what I made a habit of is all the people I ever studied with before we were ever calling this coaching is that I always studied with people who were teaching me and actually coaching me in the way that we would use that word today in things that they were already highly skilled in and that they had already done. Mm -hmm. And I think the most important first criteria, I think there are multiple criteria you want, but the first criteria is I right now I have three coaches. I coach uh, clients. I only choose coaches who already have accomplished what it is they're helping me with. And then it becomes a very efficient and a high ROI type of endeavor because the second qualification is that they need to know how to coach. And by coaching, let's, let's define, you know, there's three areas here, coaching, mentoring, consulting, and they're all three defined differently. Let's stay on coaching for a moment. I think if you want somebody who's going to help you figure out What's the next step for you and how to get there? Now, it might be in your business. In my case, I do business coaching. It might be in your life. Uh, so your business might be doing life coaching. It could be losing weight. That would be uh, one area for a life coach. Well, then they need to really be an expert in that area. They need to know uh, the material, but much more than just knowing the material. So that's the knowledge part. So we can say that's the second criteria. But the third criteria is they actually have skills of being able to connect with someone, get inside of someone and help them figure the path forward and then get them taking the steps in order to move towards wherever they want, whatever they want to achieve. The problem is there's a lot of people because there's there's no requirement of anything and you can say you're a coach. Well, you could say you're we're a mentor or a consultant as well. But on coaching, a lot of people go, I'm now a coach, but they might be missing one of those three criteria. They might not have actually done it. Mm -hmm. uh, they might not have, they may have great expertise, but very little skill in how to work with someone to move them forward to the next step. So then the next session they're gonna take and they're gonna move them forward to yet the next step. I personally found that out when I paid $15,000 for a mastermind. So you've got coaching, training, mastermind. Those are the three things we do. Sure. They're all interrelated. And this person was a great marketer, but he had no idea how to coach people. And in a mastermind, you can do individual coaching, you can do group coaching. Masterminds tend to have a huge coaching component to them. And they're group coaching, and you might have hot seats, so you have laser coaching for someone, so we're say 15 minutes to a half hour. But if somebody's not skilled as a coach, the fact they know how to market isn't gonna help that group. And I think that's one of the big problems is that the consumer kind of naturally assumes uh, Joe or Sally did X, and therefore they also know how to coach you 
so that you can do X. But there's not necessarily any relationship between someone having accomplished X and them knowing themselves how to break it down and then how to work with someone, how to deal with their personality and how to get them both motivated and moving forward step by step to accomplish that X. The two are not necessarily the same. I see. I see that. that that's a good explanation. I'm really glad we're talking about it, right? Because I get a lot of questions about it as I interview more people that, that do this for a living. And what I'm curious about is, is it, why does it, I'll frame the question this way. Why does a lot of it sometimes seem sketchy to me, right? So in other words, there's some great, for every great, you know, mastermind or training or coach that you find out there, there's maybe like 10 really bad ones. I mean, is that just my, my is that just me or is that a fact? Like what's behind the fact that, there's a lot of bad ones mixed in with, with the value. Yeah. That, I, I don't know what the ratio is, but I do know that there's a lot of difference between a great mastermind, let's say, or great coaching and something that's mediocre because twice in my own life, I paid $15,000 for masterminds that I don't think I got much value out of. And so there wasn't good coaching going on. Uh, there wasn't good structure going on. And, I think that goes back to, you know, anybody who's going to coach with me, I give them the opportunity to do a, a session with me complimentary. And that's really for both of our uh, benefits, because I'm fortunate in that I have a lot of people who want to coach with me. I'm really clear who I want to coach with. And my one-on-one coaching is limited to part of my week because I do podcasting, I do group programs, I create trainings. Um, it's, you know, so I really have a limited capacity. And I want to be sure it's a good match. And I think that's something that a lot of times people don't get clear up on up front. They might be in, let's say the person's a, a prospect, a client. They might be extremely hopeful and looking for someone who can help them find the answer, what's missing in their business, right? But you need to pay a lot of attention as the, the potential client before you pay and do and and I think most of the people I know who are really good coaches, they're going to do a complimentary session with you. You need to feel that this fits for you. And when I do a session with someone, I literally have two closes. And depending on how the chemistry goes, where they're at with their business and the kind of problems they have, because I'm very clear about the kinds of problems I'm best at solving. So if somebody presents something, I go, this isn't this isn't my expertise or they're not at a stage at their business yet that individual coaching is right. Or maybe they belong in my group coaching or maybe they don't belong in my group coaching mm -hmm. is that if I don't think it's the right fit at the end, I thank them. And I say, do you know of somebody else that this could be a benefit for? Because it's not the right fit yeah. and it's, it's gotta be the right fit. And if it is the right fit, then my close is very simple because it works uh, would you like to discuss how we could work together? Because I just helped them through a session. Sure. So the right fit is, is you know, if you had to take everything, even the criteria I've given you, if it's not the right fit, it's like chemistry. If the chemistry isn't quite there, it's not going to be the best uh, journey. And you really, as a coach, I look at it that I'm taking people on a journey and I'm their guide and we've pre-established where they want to go. And it's my job to take them through that journey to get there. That requires a certain fit and chemistry. And if it's not there, uh, it's not the right thing. And here's the thing that I think a lot of coaches may not be at this level of awareness is that 
anytime you turn down somebody that you could do business with, you're really just leaving a door open for the right person to come along. Mm. And when you look at business in life that way, it changes everything. Because you're not coming from scarcity. You're not coming from, oh, I may not get another client for a month. You're coming from, this isn't the right fit. You gave them value, which is great. They're going to go out in the world better than when you did the session. They may know of somebody who is right for you because that's the way life works. And you got some more insights because every time I do a coaching session, I get some new insights. I grow not just the client. We're both growing together because I'm seeing life in yet another way because I had huh. new instances of the present moment with another person who's building a business. And I always am getting new insights. Uh, so if you look at business that way, and, and even as a client, you look at business that way, yeah. then if you go and you, you might want to talk to two or three coaches if that's your style. But you want to find a good fit. That has to be there. Yeah, look, I, again, I think that's a very good pragmatic way to tell if you're even ready or prepared, right? I think that's a great way to do it. First of all, it's an investment of your time, but it's a good fit. But if it is a good fit, it's a good use of both your time and the potential clients. Um, JV, let me ask you this. What what do you think – what is behind – I know it's nothing new, right? I know it's been around for quite a while. But again, in my experience, when I kind of started to research this industry, it seems like there's been massive growth over the last, I would say, five years. What, what do you think is fueling that? Is it is it and I my perspective is well maybe it's the fact that people are it's more accessible right with media options and technology allowing me to connect with people in a broader way and even have conversations like this very you know easily and, and freely is is that a part of it uh, is it is it a, a mindset shift in our business culture like what do you think is motivating this growth? I think it's part of the whole information selling business, that it's an aspect of that, is that we are moving so quickly into a world where more people are are setting up their own their own businesses, the easiest, the fastest, the most efficient, the cheapest, and therefore for most people the best way to do that is with a huge amount of your business being online. I mean, my business is 100% online. I have two Mac computers, a speaker, a mixer, and a computer bag that rolls behind me, and I have my business because everything else is in the cloud. Uh, next year, I'm going to go live in San Diego for four or five months. I'm in Denver. I have the opportunity. I can do that. I'm, I'm going to be between spaces uh, where I want to live, and it's not going to make any difference if I'm 1,100 miles away or I'm here. Mm. And a lot of people like that. So we're dispensing in one form or another information – and then how to that goes along with that information. That's still another information. If you look at my business model, you know, we do coaching, we do training, and we do masterminds. That's it. That's all I do. Sure. I have the podcast. That's my media portion. And then the coaching can be VIP elite. So it's the people who work with me individually. Everything else we do is group so that we can do a one-to-many model. Now, that's very appealing to a lot of people that they go, that's a great lifestyle, uh, that's what I want. The problem is, is that they don't have some of the components, either they don't have really clear, worked out knowledge that's put together in a logical way so that people can understand it, or they're not particularly good at teaching people, or they're not trained at all in coaching. And 
here's one of the things you can do. I went and got certified in coaching, uh, not because anybody, nobody who has ever coached with me, I have graduate degrees in three areas. They come to me because I have a unique perspective. I've never had one client ask me if I was certified. The only people who care about the certifications, just so I can put it out there, if you're an IBM, a lot of those kind of companies have bought in that coaches should be certified. Uh, but if you're dealing in the small business, solopreneur, uh, you know, I work exclusively with businesses 10 million and under. Nobody, nobody even cares if you have a certification. But what they do care about, and they care about it a lot, is can you help them get the specific result that they want? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to analogize this. I'm going to just go a little bit aside and talk about the difference between when I went through college and today. I just got, got off the call with someone talking to them about uh, their children. One of them is going to college because of what they want to do. The other one's not going to college at all because it's completely irrelevant. And I think we're living in a world where when I hire somebody, I'm not looking for a diploma. I'm looking for skill sets and thinking styles. And can they get the results that I want? That's the same thing that's going on with coaches. Mm. Someone could pay someone a high fee to be their coach and they graduated from high school and never went to college. Nobody cares. It's all about results today. And that's the real thing. If someone can go and they can get coaching training, and I think that's a great thing. I uh, I think that it's, it's, it's good to get training. Part of this, it's also the same thing I'd say about entrepreneurs. Part of it is just innate to who you are. You know, I just, for whatever reason, have a business mind. And for whatever reason, even though I'm trained as a therapist and I'm absolutely certain that impacts because I'm able to connect with people deeply, Mm -hmm. develop trust very quickly, um, let people know that it's, it's confidential and they feel comfortable with that. You know, so I have all those kinds of skills that somebody else might not have. Well, when everything's said and done, I think a lot of this comes out of who you are. And I think that's why if you do a uh, complimentary, it's called enrollment call, whatever you want want to call it. But if you do a complimentary session with someone, I think that is going to answer a lot of your questions because it's kind of like, look at it this way. You're doing research. You might have heard about me on a podcast uh, or someplace else, but it's kind of like a dating service. You know, because a lot of people use dating services online. And the one thing I, I actually haven't. But the one thing I do know about that world is that the first date is really what matters, because all that stuff that you matched up on paper, if there's no chemistry that match mm. that magic stuff going on on the first date, there's no point to have a second date. Sure. sure. And I think it's the same thing as coaching is is once you once you have an experience, because this is an experiential type thing, and it feels right, and you got value, or it didn't feel right, and you didn't get value. And that's fine, because somebody else will be right for you. And if that happens with a client or a prospect, a prospect at that point, that's fine, because another prospect will be the right prospect. Again, another good analogy. I think it, it rings true for people's experience, because one of the things I find as I speak with leaders on my show is that you know, the a lot of times the the systems we're using or the tactics, uh, you know, 
they might be broken or they might be dependent. They become dependent upon them, right? In other words, and, and look, I'm, I'm in the marketing world, right? So I call it the tyranny of metrics in marketing, right? So marketing professionals get so locked into their conversion ratios that they forget that ultimately they have to empower the sales team. And that's sometimes a difficulty to break out of that, that mindset because they've been so entrenched in the way they've always done it kind of thing. I mean, is that an obstacle that you face with some of your clients is, is breaking them out of the dependency on the way they've always done something? Um, it, it's not a huge problem that I have, but it's partly because of how I set up things. So the first thing I do is we don't have any goals when I coach people. Now you're going to go, wow, JV, that sounds so weird. Like you're coaching people, they're paying you all this money and you don't have any goals. Well, there's a reason we only have commitments when I coach. And my job is to get the biggest commitment out of somebody, and their job is to be 100% certain that if they make a commitment, that between now and the next session, they're going to achieve it. Because before- Can you give me an example some, of a commitment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a commitment would be like, we're going to go, what do you want accomplished? Let's say we're coaching every two weeks. Some some people are three times a month, some are two times a month. Um, and it's like, what, what needle needs to be moved forward? What needs to be accomplished? And then we might have three to five action steps. And those will be your commitments. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. But the concept of commitment is a different mindset. And it's an important mindset. Because if you're committed to achieving something, just the energy of that and all the thoughts that you have around that are very different than you have a goal and you're going to try to get there because that's what we all do inside with goals. We yeah. go, okay, I hope to get there. I'm going to try to get there. I'm going to see if I can get there. That kind of languaging starts to come up, but that languaging never comes up around commitment. You never say I'm committed and I'm going to try to sure. keep my commitment. We don't, we don't, we don't talk that way. We don't think we don't feel that way. So commitment gets into a different mindset. So here's what I tell people. Uh, and it takes care of the whole problem it goes, I won't work with you if you don't keep your commitments. So I set it up as a standard for working with me. And why do I do that? Because it's in their best interest, sure. right? Because my whole goal is I want people to get the biggest ROI they possibly can from working with me. So if they pay me $1, I want them to get a minimum of three to $5 back. And I'm really committed to finding their path for getting five to 10. I worked with somebody this uh, summer, three months, they got 13 times back. And that was the profits, not the revenue. Hmm. So by getting the, because I have to engage their mind as a coach and their mind is gonna hold them back. And their mind's gonna hold them back naturally because all of our minds do because we have our comfort zone. And by definition, that we're taking a coaching journey, we're gonna go someplace other than that comfort zone. So I have to get their mind convinced that they're capable of doing that. So th once I get the mind engaged, then I can get them engaged to move forward and taking the actions that are necessary. So in the style that I've chosen to coach, those problems get worked through because we're always moving outside the comfort zone anyway. Who Who is right for, for you, JV? I'm, I'm really intrigued by your approach, and I want to get into your approach in just a minute here. But who, you say you work with companies that are $10 million and under, but who is yeah. the perfect who, yeah. uh, who, client? Who is right? Yeah, the perfect. Now we're talking VIP elite, so one-on-one, because that's different than my first million uh, academy is designed for people primarily who've gotten to that 100,000, and they might be 100, 200, 300, maybe even 400, and they want to get to the million. Mm. 
but they don't know what needs to shift in their business. I know what needs to shift. And we're going to work on systems because that's what I work on. Internal systems, the mental, the states, the belief systems, the business systems like marketing, sales, delivery of product, and the execution system. So I look at it all as systems. And I'm going to teach them to look at their business that way. Sure. And that's how you scale to the million. I mean, that I, I actually don't think there's any other way to scale. I mean, that is the way you do it. But in one-on-one, usually starting, most of them start around a half million to several million. That's really my sweet spot. And typically they want to either at the lower end, they want to double it or they want to add another million. Um, and then always is that it's conscious millionaire. It, every person I work with has this desire to transform people's lives or to transform organizations. They want to take people or organizations to a higher level and they want to make a positive impact so that that person or organization is now going to go out and they're going to be at a higher level and they're going to impact their clients as well. Those are the kind of people that are right for me to work with. I see. And are they, and again, I'm, I'm just because I'm it's more maybe self-indulgent, but I'm so fascinated by, by how you're speaking about it. Are they selling product? Are they selling services or does it not matter? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, sometimes that defines itself over time and that's what's happened with me. When, because we survey and survey and survey and survey, and so we know who's listening to the podcast. Uh, we know it is an unusual thing that I have not only millions of people listening, but it's almost 50 50 men and women. And typically, most people either attract men or they attract women. I seem to attract both at about an equal level. And then it really comes down to they're either coaches, consultants, or there, I have a business that in some way is a service business. Um, this last, this year, I've done a couple of dentists, they're service businesses. Mm -hmm. Financial advisors are service businesses. So you start thinking about it. So I'm not dealing with retail. I'm not dealing with restaurants. I'm not dealing with manufacturing. I don't know anything about that world. And interestingly enough, I don't even want to know other than just how it works because I like the processes <laughs> sure. or something. But I don't want to do it. So if everybody in some fashion or form are doing services, and then a lot of them might also have like a digital product or they don't yet have a digital product. In 2017, I'm going to do a pod, do a ongoing podcast training because it's something that I do and I've had so many people come to me and want to do that. So podcast training, to me, podcast is platform training. So do you want a book? Do you want a podcast? Do you, you know, that it's a one uh, piece of your business. But so they might be adding digital products, mm -hmm. but the core of what they do is, is that, is that, is that they're, they're uh, service oriented. I would take, let's take Conscious Moon as an example, because I, I would actually be my own client, is I'm at my core, I'm a coach. That's my personality. It comes across on my podcast. It comes across, obviously, in my individual and group coaching. In my training programs, there's always this coaching component and people get to get laser coaching and ask questions and answers. But even the way I design it is coaching them. Masterminds at the core, it's about coaching them. So in so everything that I do has this coaching feel to it because I want to take people to another level. And so I'm really a service business that also builds digital products. Sure.
you know, one question I have in there, JV, is, is uh, look, I come out of the software world mostly, and the software game, even in SaaS, it hasn't really changed much, just the, the building models changed there. But there was always, it's an easy it's an easy destination because you want to build the valuation of the company, and there's a tangible And asset. I have a software that we're going to build, um, maybe not this next year, but the following year, out of one of the chapters in my book on productivity. Oh, really? Okay, that's interesting, because I was curious if there's some kind of related kind of digital aspect of it, right? But with knowledge product and digital product and information product, is it is it is, are people able to build their business valuation to a point where it's a an a valuable asset they could actually sell if they want to sell the business? Oh yeah, ab- absolutely. From the very beginning, I've uh, planned to sell Conscious Millionaire. I mean, my prior business I sold, and it's one of the reasons that it's Conscious Millionaire, not JB Crumb the Third dot com, mm-hmm. because Tony Robbins is great, and I've done every program he has. Uh, but how does Tony Robbins sell Tony Robbins International? Yeah, it's Good very point. difficult. Yeah. But if you have a brand, even though at the beginning levels and for years, you might be the core person. As I build out new levels of, uh, say, the First Million Academy, I'm already in conversations with people that they're going to be a part of that and do part of the training. But ultimately, it's not about J.B. Crumb III. I'm just the spokesperson at this point. But when I'm preparing the company for sell to sell, I will have less and less to do with being the front person, and I'll have a lot of front people. Interesting. And so that's, you, why you can, that's why you can sell something. So you've set out. I mean, that, that was purposeful, right? In other words, you, you had that in mind right. when you started. That's I, I've trademarked Conscious Millionaire. I think we're in 26 countries at this point. Um, I, I copyright. I have all my intellectual property. Uh, so I'm designing a business with the intention of selling it. It's a 10 to 20 year sale. It's mm-hmm. not something that's going to happen soon. Sure. I happen to love what I'm doing. Yeah, sure. But but I plan, um, you know, I plan to sell sell it at some point. And you can design your business to do that. But if you design your business so that it's just around just you and you, it's your sure. name, and your name on the URL, you're in trouble. That's good. No, that's good insight. Look, I'm at uh, JoelCaprilla.com. As I'm kind of meandering here, so that's why you know, partly again, self indulgent. I'm curious, right? Hope you don't mind me stealing some free input from you here. <laughs> More than happy. Uh, JV, let me ask you again. Go ahead. Well, I want to wrap it up with uh, your approach, right? Because you talk a lot about consciousness, obviously, right? And and there are three main areas. You talk about conscious, focus, and action. And I like this whole idea of, of mindfulness, you know, and even your background. I mean, you studied uh, philosophy. I think I saw somewhere that you were pre-seminary at one point or on your in I was your pre-seminary. Most people don't pick that up. Yeah, I, was pre- I did my undergrad in three years, and each year I was pre-med. That was my dream from five years old. I was going to be a doctor. I did. I was fortunate I was in a honors program, so I didn't have to take the first two years of requirements. And so I just jumped in. I did my pre-med, found that I loved physics and chemistry, which is no surprise because I'm a numbers guy because in law, I studied tax law. Uh, But when I went to biology lab, I I mean, I was smart enough to get through it, but I had no idea what was going on. And one day I said to myself, there's something really wrong. And, and that's surprising to say that self to yourself at 19 when it was your dream. But I'm going, there's something wrong here. You know, like I should go to biology lab and <laughs> it should be intuitive to me. And I'm like looking in the microscope and they're going, see the cancer cells? And I'm going, yeah, they look like the other ones to me. <laughs> um, yeah, got little circles around them. Okay. Um, and that was the day I said, you know, I don't think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I was very spiritual. So then I looked at pre-med, uh, pre-seminary. Uh, and ultimately did psychology undergraduate and did as my first graduate degree. So I think, I really think in a lot of ways, my personal devotion to personal development, which is really 
almost my spiritual path in a lot of ways because I'm here to reach levels of actualization that right now I don't even know they exist, mm. but five years from now I'll be living them. And that's how I get up every day. So it informs Conscious Millionaire, my nonprofit and everything that I do is that to me, I think we're here to grow and become more fully who we are and to impact the world in the most positive way that we can. And so what am I building? Conscious Millionaire. And it's a business that teaches people to do that. Sure. And I'm glad, again, I'm glad we're even chatting about it, right? Because that I, that whole, that perspective coming in from that angle seems to be such a differentiator, right? So if if I, every really solid, you know, uh, professional development book I've ever read has all been about, you know, breaking through your, your, you know, your mindset has lots to do with it, right? But I think that's kind of, we underserve that today. I don't think people discuss it enough. I don't think it's tangible so people can kind of connect it enough, right? So talk to me about your approach and why conscious this is so important to how you're you're helping sure. people. Well, let's do, let's break conscious down to three different ways of looking at conscious, and I think it will kind of reveal itself. So the first way is really awareness. So you have the psychology part of awareness and the business part of awareness. So the psychology part of awareness is who am I? What are my values? What am I about? What's most important to me? What are my priorities? That type of thing. Uh, then the business awareness is well. What is that one problem that I solve best and who has that problem? And then out of all the people who have that problem, because it'll probably multiple niches, it's not just one, which one of those niches would I most enjoy working with and resonate with the most? Because this is about a journey of joy. And a lot of people forget that. And they go, oh, well, it's just about the dollars in the bank account. No, the dollars in the bank account, you hear it all the time and you go, oh, yeah, sure. You know, that sounds nice from the stage. But the dollars, the truth is, this is your journey. You as an entrepreneur or business owner or coach or a consultant, you are taking a journey and your business is a complete reflection of who you are. And it will also be a reflection of where you are in your own journey. If you're having trouble putting money in the bank, then there's pieces in you that need to be worked on, not just the marketing and sales systems, because they all come together. They're all interrelated. The business and who you are are a unified system with many, many systems interrelating with one another. And so, you know, when you look at it from that perspective, it changes everything because you ask, why am I in this business? And being aware of who your customers are and how to best communicate to them and which marketing is going to be most effective and which selling is going to work for their values. All of that's the, aware, uh, the awareness level of consciousness. And then you have that awareness level that goes into spiritual pieces as well, where we're aware of ourselves within the context of a bigger universe. And so we're part of a bigger mosaic. And I think that always takes you into some kind of a spiritual journey. So that's the awareness level. The next one is what I call higher consciousness, or you can call it visionary consciousness. And here I like to talk about Steve Jobs because I just happen to be a big fan. Um, Steve Jobs created the iPhone. He didn't go out and do it the way most people would and do all these focus groups. He connected to a bigger vision of what's possible. And anytime we talk about a leader or a business person being visionary, what we really mean is that they have gone beyond the confines of the box that most people are living in, and they've tapped into something that's truly visionary, that's bigger than them. Beethoven does the same, did the same thing and creating great music. 
Uh, all artists do the same thing. But all business uh, leaders and world leaders are also doing the same thing. They're going, the world could be better than it is today. And they tap into that. So that's visionary consciousness. And then what is really impacting the world today, and I would call it the social consciousness. So that's sustainability, building products that don't impact the environment, cleaning up water, um, creating uh, businesses that not only provide value to customers, but actually make the world better or leave no footprint. So that's all the social consciousness. So where somebody is on their journey will define, are they dealing with one, two, or three of these levels and in what way? And it's always going to be different for each person. But those are the three levels of consciousness. And that all comes in, uh, ultimately, depending on the person, um, one, two, or three of those will always be part of the coaching process because that's really the foundation. To me, being conscious is the foundation of building your life and your business. Awareness, visionary, and uh, social. That's fantastic. David. Social. I love it. I love it. Very good. Listen, I'm going to leave it right there, but I understand that you have a, an offer for my audience, so why don't you share that with me? Yeah, I'd love to give my book away. We've had over 50,000 copies downloaded from Amazon. It's Conscious Millionaire, Grow Your Business by Making a Difference. And in addition, I have a training program that goes along with it. It's videos, audios, downloadable PDFs. It's called the Fast Track Training. It takes you through all 14 chapters in the book. Together, that's $126 value if you paid for it. I want to give it to everybody listening today. And the way to get that is go to Conscious millionaire.com and then a forward slash free book so it's just one word consciousmillionaire.com forward slash free book i think it's five questions we ask you so we have a better idea of who you are and then you get uh, links to download the book and get into the membership for the fast track training for free that is great. I, I am definitely going to link that up. And shoot, I'll probably go ahead and download it myself, JB, if you don't mind. That's great. It's great stuff. We'd love for you to have it. Listen, I have. Uh, I got to tell you, you know, and I'm sure, I'm sure you experience the same thing. Sometimes your podcast guests, you're just kind of getting through the 20 minutes sometimes or however long it is. But I could have talked to you for, for another hour. I really, really enjoyed it. So I can't thank you enough for being here. And again, we've been talking with JV Crum the third. You could find him at ConsciousMillionaire.com. Check him out. I think if you've enjoyed this conversation that we've had today, you're going to love uh, a lot of the stuff that comes out of Conscious Millionaire Institute. JV, thanks so much for giving me time today on Leading Matters. Well, I, I really appreciate you having me on the show. And I, I started by you know, telling you I hope that this is going to have impact. So my challenge for you would be to take what we've discussed today and bring it down to what was that one thing that impacted you the most? And if you took action on that one thing, Imagine what a difference that would make in your business or life because I want to challenge you to take that action in the next 24 hours because I know if you wait longer, we're all the same. We're all human beings. We'll put it off and it never happens. So in the next 24 hours, I want you to take some action from what you've heard today that will impact your life or your business. Mm -hmm.